0: Get stung, the last oh, it really is gold. stand back there. Hey Leave the here. boy
1: alone. Let me see. Don't it. you kill him? Leave him alone. Got? Break here, it up. Let me see. It. Over here,
2: show it over here. The Come please. on, Charlie! Hold on to that oh, ticket. Run for it, Charlie! Run straight home and don't stop till you get there.
1: This is uh, this has been an adventure evening um, here on here on the. <laughs> NNL Sun Phil Show. Uh, I, I'm Brandon Lee here in Chicago, joined by Alex Bully from San Diego. What's up, Alex? What's up, guys? Hey, and uh, also Ross Buddlewitz from uh, from Milwaukee. Hey, Ross.
0: Hey, Brandon.
1: Hey. Um, i i have a I have a couple questions, uh, for just some some roundtable stuff. But I want to start off by. Uh, by just asking asking you guys how you feel about your games and i i um i'll I'll forego here because uh, something in the neighborhood of 14 games i think it's 14 games it's 14 games right now
2: uh, so i could be, but Alex how are you feeling about right now uh, i feel all right they um, they have a chance to go to 10 games over 500 Uh, tomorrow night, which um, is a plateau they have yet to reach this year. Um, So they are at the NL Central race. They aren't catching the Cubs. uh, But hopefully uh, right now they're in that second wild card spot. And what's odd is they have the best record of any team at home. I mean, on the road, I think they're 40-5 and on the road. And they just have an awful record at home. So that probably means very little. But is it crazy for me to think that if they do go to that wild card game, I'd want them to play on the road? Or is that dumb and I should just forget about that? It's one game. You want to be at home with all those screaming loud fans. I don't know. I don't but, know, Because yeah. Pirates lost at home the last two years. They did. They did. Um, so, yeah, that's something I'm I'm juggling with right now. Um, also, our, our manager is still bad. And our, and our bullpen is mostly bad. And our starting pitching has been anywhere from okay to bad. Our position players are good. And that's why we are still in the pick of things because they've been hitting a lot of home runs. Lots and lots of home runs. So that's the Cardinals.
1: Uh, Ross, this is the first time we've talked since uh, since the, the Brewers traded dudes. How are you feeling about the stretch run this year?
0: Uh, well, the Brewers stink. I think that much is obvious. Uh, I, I've been kind of taking a peek at the standings and... Atlanta and uh, Minnesota have kind of separated themselves as being the for the one and two pick. There are currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams within uh, three games of each other for the third through tenth picks. So I guess we're kind of in a watching for losses mode, which is never actually a fun place to be as a sports fan, even if it is sometimes necessary. And I mean, the Brewers have somehow squandered their magic that they held over the Pirates, where the Pirates couldn't win at Miller Park and got swept in a four-game series and then promptly blew two straight games to the Cardinals, so they're doing their darndest to get to that third pick. I I don't know if we're going to get there, but yeah. That's just always. This is the. This is kind of for me always the lowest point of rebuilding cycles when you kind of, when you know it's actually better for them to lose than to win, for the future.
1: But are you are you feeling good about what Milwaukee got in all the trades?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, Lewis Brinson really hit the ground running tearing the cover off the ball which you know two weeks worth of results don't matter but again that is just another uh middle of the diamond type player that they've got down in the minors and then I I haven't really seen too much of what uh like Phil Bickford who they got for will don't know I haven't really seen too much of what either of those the two pitchers they got have been doing that. Oh, I feel pretty good about it. You know, it it was sad to lose to see Lucroy necessary when you are this when the talent golf is that large that hard decisions like that have to be made. But
1: speaking from a speaking from a returns, Lucroy vetoed the Cleveland trade.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Just because Mejia is so far away. And being a catcher, that being you know three levels away from the majors at the point that the trade would have happened, it's just so much can go wrong there. And even if he was, if he ended up being a you know relatively the same ranked piece as uh, Lewis Brinston, that just you know kind of gives you pause. Uh, just knowing what can happen with a catcher, and again, you know Louis Brinston. Now completes the uh, a potential all center fielder outfielder for the Brewers in the next couple, few years with him, uh, Brett Phillips and Trent Clark. I mean, you know, obviously, you're probably going to see at least one of those guys flame out. But anytime you guy have a guy that's a real center fielder with thirty home run potential, which you know, who knows if he ever gets there. But that's an exciting player, so I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I am I was happy to see the return I got back. And, you know, apparently there's been reports that the third piece, the uh, player to be named later, is significant. Not like Joey Gallo significant, but another guy kind of in the range of Winston or Luis Ortiz, so that'll be something else exciting to watch that I you know, have all my talent down on the farm definitely help with so
1: does how this, poor
0: the Major League team is playing.
1: So I guess I guess I have two questions here. One is, does this do the, the set of trades that the brewers or the, the changes that the brewers have gone through every month, does it bring you any closer to buying a brewer's golden ticket? And then, then the other question... <sighs> oh, geez, that thing... When do you think you would end up using some golden ticket? What what year would the Brewers be... Uh, will the Brewers be close enough
0: to warrant uh, using this? Okay, so what was that stupid golden ticket thing? The timeless ticket.
1: <laughs> it, what, what was it, Alex? It was like you could use it on any game, right?
2: Yeah, I... I... It was before last season, right, when I first remember them talking about this, so I don't yeah. quite remember. My My knowledge of it stems mostly from that effectively wild episode when they talked about it. But it was, if you read the fine print, wasn't it just totally a sham and just in terms of how good of a deal it actually was? Yeah, because I think it was... Yeah, I'm going to look this up right now.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've got it. I've got the... Uh, um... Kate covers the bases. Uh, that's the uh, Caitlin Moyers, the one of the Brewers Media Relations folks. She has a blog that kind of goes over this stuff. And it's, I want to say it's $1,000. to get a, a brass ticket engraved, personalized with the engraving of your name, individually numbered, certificate of authenticity, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. You can use it to redeem for any single game at Miller Park forever. Whoa. Plus...
2: Whoa, 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 wait, wait. How many times a year can you do that? No, one
0: time. One time you can redeem this for any ticket, whether it's an opening day game or, you know, Game 7 of the World Series.
2: And then it's done? (laughs)
0: Yeah, but but that's not all. In addition okay. to that, you now you get uh, ticket vouchers to attend nine additional Brewers regular season games of your choice, except for Opening Day
1: and postseason.
0: Yeah, the the one time timeless ticket is for any game, postseason, regular season, anything, and, and then costs a
2: thousand dollars, but. Well,
0: you're buying a ticket to ten games for a thousand dollars, so it's actually a hundred dollars per
2: oh, ticket. I see. So the voucher is is just got it. Okay, I understand. Yeah. All
0: right. I mean, there's not a guarantee... I don't know if there's a guarantee of which seat you will get. Um, and then whichever game you, whenever you use one of your ten vouchers, you can you can buy three more tickets for face value so that's you can kind of, have a group of four going. That's kind of bogus. Oh, okay. And then you get to keep the little bronze plaque at the end. <laughs>
2: so I don't know
0: if any situation where I would
2: buy it's, I don't know if it's a good deal or a bad deal. What I do know is it's really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's way more thinking than I want to do for buying a ticket to a I, actually, baseball I, t- I The way I'm looking at this
0: is,
1: I, I just don't think it's a deal. Like, I, like, I don't
0: well, think I, it. I do think it's a deal, just because, like, you know, back in 2011, I know tickets for uh, Game 5 of the NLDS were getting to be, you know, $400 a piece. If like you know, if you want to be behind the Brewers dugout, it was four or five hundred bucks to sit there for one game. So I mean, if you're getting a World Series game out of it, or even a Game Seven of an NLCS, say, yeah, you're probably going to come out ahead. It's just a matter of one: Do you want to drop a thousand bucks now for that? When who knows when it's going to happen? And you're always going to have the... Is this the right game to use it? You know, Should I trade in my one ch- seat here? So I don't think I'm any closer to ever buying this. Like, I would need to have just way more money than I knew what to do with before I would want to buy this. If, if you had one, if you had one
1: with this series of food,
0: get... um, I think, I guess... It wouldn't materially affect, I don't think, when I would actually redeem it. I'm still guessing. The only thing I'm guessing is that it, it the, these might have moved up the potential Compete for a Wild card from 19 to 18. But I don't think it really changed the Brewers competing for a World Series time frame significantly. So I don't think these moves really would have affected my Brewers Timeless Ticket decision all that much. I'm definitely no closer to buying one than I was this time, before the moves, you know, a couple months ago. Just because, yeah, again, I don't have an extra thousand dollars to just waste on something like this right now. Yeah, I've got student loans and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to know the most... Uh, what's the game? What's the word I'm looking for? Pointless game that someone used the, the the golden ticket for. Like, did has, has there been anyone yet who's just like, you know what? Screw it. I want to go to a game today. I'm using it now. Like when they were playing, like say, I don't know, like the Phillies or something, in the middle of July. God, I don't know. Why you wouldn't just call up the ticket office and say, I want a ticket for $15, I don't know. Right, um, that's
0: just that huh. I think it's very much... Uh, this. The only way I could ever see this getting used is the next time the Brewers are competing.
2: Right. Well, the, the but, problem is, I wonder how many would go unused because you're constantly waiting for, like, well, do I use it for that first game of the playoff series or... Do I cross my fingers and hope there's like a game seven? I think
0: if if I, if I had one, and the Brewers made it to the World Series, and I didn't have reasonably, you know, I didn't get a decent ticket through some other means, I would just use it for the first World Series game.
2: He, Brandon, he, well, both of you here. Let me ask you this: what what's cooler? Saying you are an owner of the Green Bay Packers and then pulling out your certificate, or saying I am, I have a golden ticket for the Milwaukee Brewers and then pulling out your golden ticket.
1: So, so I think, I think it's a
2: golden ticket, but, but yeah, it's way more exclusive, right? I know, yeah. I know a lot of people who claim to be owners of the Green Bay Packers, whatever that... Means. Well, the Packers have sold something, something
0: like 6,000 shares
2: of stock.
1: And it's basically a thing you can put on your wall.
0: Yeah, it's it's a $250 thing you put on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Does it
1: even get you like a discount at the team store or anything?
0: I don't think so. The one thing it gets you is you are invited to the... There is a shareholders meeting every um, spring huh. and you get a or there's a couple of them throughout the year and you get to go to that. And the only way you get to go to that is if you're a shareholder or you're a shareholder's guest. So like you get to hear Mark Murphy, the team president and uh, Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, like you get to hear them speak. But it's not like you get. Bumped up the season ticket waiting list at all? I say,
2: that ain't worth two fifty.
0: I mean, <laughs> I'm much more likely to buy a share of Packer stock the next time they have a thing than I am the Brewers' timeless ticket. Yeah, simply because it's only two hundred and fifty dollars and not a thousand bucks.
1: You could buy four shares.
0: Mm. Exactly.
1: Does it get? <laughs> Does it get? Yes, you, you could. Four? <laughs> Does it get you four times the access with Mike McCarthy?
0: Um. Uh, well, yeah, because four times zero is still zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I I mean, as as a bull, holder, I I do get patients to their annual fan fest thing where Gar Foreman speaks, but he he doesn't. Really listen to anybody, anyway. So uh, it doesn't matter. But I also gave tickets to the games, which doesn't which doesn't come with the the Packers uh, ownership share.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you know, like if uh, Alex had put his son down on uh, the season ticket waiting list for the Packers on his birthday, uh, Alex's grandkids would get them when they're about my age.
2: They'd see that action? Okay.
0: Yeah, like, your son would be about 60. So actually, probably, his his kids would be even older than me. His kids would be in their mid-30s probably before there were tickets in the family. Although they do, the Packers will, the Packers actually have two different season ticket packages for an eight-game season. They've got the, uh, the green package and gold package, and it's basically because they used to play games in Milwaukee and now they don't anymore, where they will take people who have no chance of making it to the top of the list and offer them gold package, or, yeah, gold package, so the Milwaukee package. That's actually, I have some friends, that that's what they have from, or their family has. But yeah, I... I'm not really that likely to do either of these, I think, but... Are you, are you on the Packers' waiting list? I am not. You're not? Okay. See, attending, so football, attending football games in person sucks. Like, NFL games are terrible to go to. <laughs> Hold
1: on. I'm going to check real quick to see what number I am on the Cubs' waiting list. Because I am I am on the Cubs' waiting list. I, put myself on, uh, I signed up a number of seasons ago uh, while they were in, in, the, in the more lean years. Uh, but I, I, started
2: off the, I started off in the hundreds of thousands. All right. Well, while you're doing that, what do you think? Because obviously, obviously, like, say you got those tickets, I'm assuming you wouldn't go to 81 games. What do you think is the ideal number of games to attend? Oh, by the way, I am 38,424 on the Cubs waiting
1: list. Three eight four two four, which, which means that I would need uh, I would need a whole stadiums worth of seats to roll over before.
0: Yeah, that that is also the current waiting list. Um, for the current waiting list is about one Lambeau Fields worth. The problem is, uh, you can pass not only your season tickets on to your family, you can pass your spot in the waiting line. Onto your family. Uh, that's valuable. Yeah, the big thing that really cut it off was that uh, a couple of years ago they added about ten thousand seats to Lambeau Field, which took. I think they did nine thousand of those being season tickets. So like that cut into the list pretty good, but yeah, it's a long way.
1: You know, you know, honestly, for. For going to, okay. So what was that? The the ideal number of.
0: Oh yeah, back to the what, ideal number of baseball games to attend.
1: Gosh, I mean, I think I would still do like one to two a home stand, which is kind of what I do now. <laughs> but I what, would, I would go. What to was bed, that? How many? Like one to two per home stand, like. But I okay. would. Okay. But I would probably go cool. to. Bed games right like where yeah. now I, I prioritize weeknight uh like weeknight games against crummy opponents but uh, right. i i would instead probably go to more weekend games against good opponents you know but if, so, if, yeah. if
2: you could say a number how many a year do you think that would be, you uh, that would be good i mean you know, i think it, i don't think it would be more than 25
0: yeah, I was yeah. gonna
2: say about twenty-five or thirty. is a lot to me, but um, twenty to twenty-five, I think, is a is a pretty good cool amount. Um,
1: gonna check how many. So I am I am a Bulls season ticket holder, and I probably make it to fifteen Bulls games, ten to yeah, fifteen I... in that range.
0: Yeah, I made it to about 15 Bucks games last winter. I think the most Brewer games I've ever gone to was 18. But again, that was when I was having to get tickets game by game. So, you know, I if I had season tickets, bump that up a bit. And that was, I was in college, so it's not like I had anything better to do.
1: <laughs> That's really the best time to have season tickets, but it's also the time when you could least afford them.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Alex, have you uh, have you ever been or considered being a season ticket holder for whatever team I mean that is, whether it's the the Nationals or now the Padres or? Um,
2: or... Yeah, I was a, a partial season ticket holder for the Nationals uh, with a buddy of mine, which meant we got like twenty uh, the twenty one games a year. Um games that were already you know like we didn't get to pick the games they were they were set in stone when we bought the plan um and they were spaced out pretty well and you know they weren't all just against like bad teams or anything like that and yeah it was cool i enjoyed it the uh only thing i would say is uh when you're Going to a baseball game because you have to go because it's on your schedule versus just kind of like on a whim, like, hey, let's go to the game. It starts to almost feel like a job. Does that make sense? Like, oh, I got a game tonight, you know, sort of thing. Um, and that might also have to do with the fact that I'm not a Nationals fan. I was just going um, to, you know, enjoy the baseball, enjoy the company. If uh, I probably wouldn't feel that way if it was the Cardinals. I also, though, enjoy just watching games at home. I think that's... uh, Unless it's like... If it's a really big game, like a World Series, obviously I'd rather be there. But if I could watch a game at home, I'm pretty happy. I think... uh, Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, speaking of that, this is the first year I've gotten MLB TV versus the extra innings package. I must say, I know it's, like, cheaper... MOBTV is way worse, way 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 worse in my opinion. Like oh, it's way behi- it's way behind. It freezes. Um, does this happen to anyone else, or is this just me? And if it happens to anyone to other people, like it's like a really crappy product, right?
1: You know, it's weird because because it's my understanding that. Uh, MLB actually has the best streaming package out of all the leagues which doesn't surprise me because I've, I've only had experience with MLB TV and and NBA League Pass and NBA League Pass is horrible uh, sometimes uh, <laughs> I still get it but it's so bad MLB TV is better but it it, it is very laggy it is very um uh, it's 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 very slow and it gets it gets overloaded for me fairly often but then again I don't I don't i I buy it but I don't end up using it as much as I uh, as I would if I could you know get Cubs and white sox games yeah yeah I don't know i I hear what you're saying about feeling like game, going games are a chore though I, I especially feel that on, on, like, Monday nights in February for games against the Orlando Magic, where it's, like, outside. <laughs> That's nobody, actually... Nobody bought these things on StubHub, so, <laughs> well, i as well go.
0: So I made a buddy, had a 10-pack to the Bucks, and... We're probably not going to get another pack. We're still going to go to probably 12 games or so this coming year. It's fine. Just... Not... Yeah, then it's 12 games we can pick out when it's convenient for us. And as opposed to, well, shit, we have this game and we already paid for it, so we might as well go. But I don't really feel like going to a game, but... Yeah, I uh, hear you. Yeah. Well, and then too, like, he, we had tickets to win the Bucks, Broke the Warriors' win streak last year.
1: Oh yeah,
0: but he couldn't even go because he forgot that he had a wedding to go to that night. <laughs> so like we had a lot of stuff like that come up too.
2: Oh crap, that wedding.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. a hard
2: thing to get out of. Thing, but I.
0: Right. Well, I think it's because it was one of his like girlfriend's cousins or something like that. So oh. it wasn't really on his radar yeah. to begin with. Gotcha. And we were like, Oh yeah, of course we're gonna go see Golden State. They're gonna be awesome.
1: Actually I'm not I, I won't I won't lie. The exact same thing happened to me. It wasn't against the Warriors, but I was supposed to go to a Bulls game with my buddies and then my wife was like, Oh wait, we have a wedding that day <laughs> And I'm like, Oh, really? Really? Uh, but then it turns out though the wedding DJ was one of the regular Bulls stadium DJs. Uh but he also does weddings, so it was kind of like going to a Bulls game, so that's and they did cool. the Bulls intro music and stuff. So he played the Adams Family theme. The um, uh, what's that? No, the uh, the uh, Alan Parsons Project.
2: Right. But, right. Yeah. I'll just because <laughs> they still play that Adams Family beat <laughs> <sometimes>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. What is what is this a ba- is this a baseball podcast? I don't remember. Yeah,
1: I don't no. even know.
2: So uh, this is a where
1: this this is gonna this is gonna be a shorter one today. Uh, but I but what I want to end with uh, is is your, your top September baseball memories. So like what in in your life watching what are some of the what what's your what's your top september memory so september memory hmm. being distinct from like october where there's playoffs or or from summer where where teams are still feeling out whether they're good or bad like in september you know if you're good you know if you're bad you're, you're making a push for the playoffs or you're trying to find silver linings in the season. What is your what is your September memory?
2: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start off uh, 2011. Um, the, the Cardinals were 10 and a half back late August and they made a, uh, a run, obviously, in September to catch the Braves of the wild card in one game. Um, stands out in particular, I was at the game. It was a Cardinals-Cubs game, um, Bush Stadium, a Saturday afternoon. I was there with my brother, who's a Cubs fan, and uh, the Cubs had a 1-0 lead going into the bottom of the ninth, and it was one of those things where it looked like if the Cardinals lost, that their season was probably going to be over as well. Um, luckily for us, Carlos Marmol was still a Cub, and um, – He did not pitch well, put it mildly, and uh, the Cardinals ended up walking off, I believe it was a walk-off wild pitch, and Adron Chambers, who uh, was never a very good player, but I always liked him anyway, uh, came home to score the winning run, and uh, it was a great afternoon, and you know, I honestly believe without that win, the Cardinals don't even make the playoffs, and which means they don't even win the World Series, so I always think of that game when I think of September and when I think of two thousand eleven. Do you remember that game, Brandon? Do you know what game I am talking about? You know the Cubs
1: were not good in twenty eleven, so <laughs> so by by mid late September, I was not. Uh, I was kind of, I was kind of not paying much attention there.
2: You remember Carlos? Uh, Marmol, though, right? Oh, I re- I remember Carlos Marmol. Uh, I remember Carlos Marmol being I, I, both good and bad. I so I remember him mostly being very bad, and then I was like, wasn't he? And then I I looked and I was like, wow, he did used to be pretty good. Um, poor guy, because man, did the wheels fall off there? Yeah, they kind of did. Actually, my my final Carlos
1: Marmol memory was. When the Cubs came this close to trading, to trading him for Dan Heron, uh, who he ended up hiring anyway uh, during his last season, but uh, it was it ended up being uh, it ended up being nixed because there were injury problems on someone's end. I don't remember whether it was Marmol or Heron, but they were both having issues around that time. But that must have been 2011, 2012.
2: I, I'm looking at Carlos Marmo, right? His 2013-2014 spent with the Cubs, Dodgers, and Marlins. He threw 62 innings, 5.20 ERA, 5.46 FIP. Those are some rough times, yeah. Poor Carlos. That's not very good. But yeah, that's my September memory, though. That's a good one. Ross?
0: I've got two. Uh, for me, also in 2011, um, I was at the game where the Brewers clinched the division. Uh, Brian Braun had hit a mammoth home run in the bottom of the eighth inning to put the Brewers up. And then uh, they. Um, John Axford was able to save in the ninth. And then the, there There's a Cubs-Cardinals game going on at the same time that the Cardinals, the Cubs had to beat the Cardinals through so Bruce actually clinch, and they put it up on the video board of Miller Park. Um, and about, of the, you know, 40-some-odd thousand people for the game, I would say about 30,000 people stayed to watch the end of the uh, Cubs-Cardinals game on the video board at Miller Park, which just you know being there for that was just crazy. So that that's probably number 1. And then number 2 would be in 2008 when the Brewers were just fading down the stretch. The way CC Sabathia pretty much just started every other game for the Brewers the last 2 weeks of the season to try and drag them into the playoffs for the first time in years. And there was actually a game, the specific one for me was, I think it was it was uh, the second to last series of the season. They played the Pirates, and Prince Fielder hit a walk-off home run. Uh, this was uh, another game I was at, and it was actually the game um, where I first became friends with somebody that I'm now going to be standing up at his wedding later this year. So not only did I get to see a walk-off, you know, win help for the playoff push, met one of my best friends at the game. So I think that probably those two are the S- September moments that's the most to me.
1: That's pretty. Awesome. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at Samantha's, um game log here, and uh, yeah, he really is. Uh, Like he he started. What does this look like? It looks like three out of the Brewers' last eight games that season. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah, because I think I know he started one sixty-two
1: against the Cubs.
0: Against the Cubs, he started the twenty-fourth, which was the game I. Was talking about. And then I want to say he also started, I think it was the 20th, the 24th, and the 28th he started. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's right. He started game 155, 158, and
0: 162.
1: Yeah. He going, so he was going three days rest. Uh, and
0: he did that pretty much the entirety of the stretch run.
1: And uh, it's interesting because that's because the Brewers pretty much knew they weren't going to be able to resign him, right? So it's yeah, like, get as much as you can out of the guy uh, while he's while he's on your
0: yeah. And I mean, he was actually perfectly willing to do that. This wasn't even something that he did under protest where they abused him. He was he had volunteered to start essentially on three days rest for the entire last two months of the season because he so wanted to uh, help push them in the playoffs. And he had kind of had a rough first half of the season when he was still in Cleveland. So, you know, for him, it was kind of a reestablishing his value type thing while simultaneously helping this team make the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. And also probably my most anti-fun fact of all time. This was back when free agent compensation was still type A, type B, depending on what uh, Elias Sports Bureau rated I, them.
1: And it, right. it didn't matter, and it didn't matter whether it was in the middle of, whether uh, the player was trained.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark Teixeira and CC Sabathia were tied for the best free agent. And uh, Elias decided to break the tie and make to Share, number one. So the Angels got the Yankees' first-round pick in the following year's draft. That is the pick they took Mike Trout with. <laughs> the Brewers had been connected with Mike Trout the entire pre-draft process. And would have almost certainly taken would have almost certainly taken him next twenty fifth overall had they had he blasted one more pick and if they had gotten both the angel the Yankees pick that went to the Angels on their own they definitely would have taken him.
1: Uh, what might have been? Yeah,
0: I mean he could have just been winning NL MVPs on a terrible team because well let's face it. As good as Mike Trout is, he still isn't good enough to make this Brewers team, these last few Brewers teams competitive. Right, right. But yeah, that's like my most anti-fun fact as a Brewers fan of all time. That is the anti-fun. We are literally Pittsburgh's official score, knowing what an error was away from having him, because I'm pretty sure if Sabathia had been given that no-hitter. At August 31st, he would have gotten that extra, whatever, hundredth of a point, and the Brewers would have gotten the Yankees' pick that year.
1: So, uh, for me, I, I've i actually spent more of my, well, the Cubs have been bad more than good in my life. Uh, well, the Cubs have been bad more than they've been good for most people. Uh, for most people who have spent most of their lives, since 19th. Um, so I actually have a lot of positive, a lot of kind of, I don't know, melancholy. Is that the right word? Memories around Cubs games in September when they're out of it. The Cubs are out of it. The air is crisp. There, it's it's a little cool. It it gets darker earlier for day games and players like, uh, players like Roosevelt Brown gets a call-ups and six in a, in a ridiculous game Uh, because that's actually the first September game that comes to mind. It was a 2001 game against, I believe the pirates and uh, Julian Tavares had a hitter through like seven and two thirds innings and (laughs) Roosevelt, went uh, went 4 for 6 with with a home run and two doubles or something like this i could be getting it all wrong i have i have a baseball reference at my fingertips and i didn't look this up but it's it's kind of games like that where where the team is kind of they just fallen out of it and you're kind of coming off this high of oh, maybe they could do something. Maybe they could come back. And it ends up being not that, but it's still this comforting feeling. You know? Does this make sense at all? Is sure. this, is this yeah. anything yeah. that you felt? Okay, cool. Uh, it's. I think it's kind of weird that I picked this instead of like the Cubs pushing for a playoff spot last season or in 2003, or two thousand and four, where I spent, where I actually spent a lot of time, football games, uh, except listening to the Cubs and listening to them collapse in September, two thousand and four. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with those as more uh, as more representative of how I feel about September, uh, rather than the winning. So I can totally find myself getting used to the uh from here on from here on out um okay cool hey i want to i want to actually close it with the with the quick trivia that i heard on tonight's Cubs game uh who are who are the four active four active players who have won the national league side up tim lincecum is not active
2: the four active move one to naturally. Okay, so Kershaw? Yep. Obvious. Arrieta. Yes. Obvious. Um, Arietta? Yes. A little harder. Uh,
0: I'm guess So Wainwright must not have won one. If... W-
2: Wainwright has never won one.
0: Okay, I'd say if you're struggling, then Wainwright must not have
2: won, yeah, won one. Yeah, he's come second. I think he's finished runner up twice. Or runner up once and third, to, and third once. Um, one plays hmm. now. One play. One now plays in the American League. Okay. Cliff Lee, uh, not Cliff Lee. He would not be active.
0: Oh, yeah, that's I he has to pitch this
2: year. Who would be? Oh, did uh, Cole Hamels win one with, with the Phillies? He did not. He I did didn't not. think so. Okay, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Roy. Halliday is no longer with us. Well, I mean, no longer playing baseball. That's not a yeah. very good. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Matt Mac Kane never won one, did he? No. Okay. okay. Good.
0: <laughs> so there's one playing in the AL.
1: One playing the AL, one who is in Canada, but spent some time in the AL in between winning and today. Oh my. So you have to go back a little the, far for one of them.
2: It's going to be one of those. I, these are both going to be, as soon as I hear it, I'm going to say, oh, of course. Wait. Um, Bartolo never won a Cy Young, did he?
0: In the, like AL. He was, in the AL. Oh, he won one in the AL. It's like he didn't win one back when he was on the Expos. No.
2: He won with the Angels. Okay, that's what I thought. Can uh, I have another lifeline? Sure. I oh. just meant another hint. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: uh, let's see. Um, one of them. One of them wrote a book.
0: Ari Dicky. Yes. Ari Which Dick- is sad because I can see that book from where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> he is the one that's playing dirt. in the
2: AL currently. That yeah. So so we're down to the guy who won one in the National League, then went to the American League, and then came back to the National League. Yes. There's probably people who would be listening to this who would be screaming the answer and thinking um, we're idiots.
1: Alex, he, he is he is historically in his career connected to the city where you are right now.
2: Oh, Peavy. Yes. Oh, okay. I forgot JPV
0: was active.
2: Okay, I forgot. Wow. The-
0: What's young?
1: Because
0: he won it in two thousand three, yeah. I think.
2: Seven, but Seven. still, but still, that's a long time ago. That's a yeah. great question. That's a good way to end. I like that question. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's crazy. There's only four. Right. Because, uh, well, Kershaw's won
0: three,
1: right? Okay. And, and Lintzican
0: won two, yeah.
1: And Lintzican one two, and then you also have, um, uh, let's see here, you also have um, Chris Carpenter won one. I know. Yeah. And
0: uh, then I think
1: you have Halliday. You have some guys who've retired, uh, but it gets, it gets, it goes far back pretty quickly, you know, because you have because you have these multiple multiple winners like uh like Lindsacum Kershaw. So really uh, the one guy the one guy who's definitely not active or not Tim Lincecum between Arietta and Peavy is Halle. Right? And then mm-hmm. and then before that you've got Webb, Carpenter, Clemens, Gagne, Randy Johnson. It's,
2: yeah. Okay. Gagne. How funny.
1: Yeah. And then Randy Johnson takes you back to the '90s because he won four in a row. Yeah.
2: All right. He won four in a row. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, all right. That's a good. That's a good way to end it. Alex, thanks for staying up late with us tonight. Ross, thanks for staying. Gladly. Up late tonight. <laughs> of course you can uh uh you can follow banished to the pen on twitter at banished pen um you can follow me on twitter at the you can follow alex on twitter at AlexCard 79 you can follow ross on twitter at ross underscore
0: okay. no underscore
1: oh no underscore sorry at ross buckwoods one word um and that'll do it for an Nano Central show this week. Thanks for tuning in. See you in September.
2: But, Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he always wanted. What happened? He lived happily ever after.